Hello and welcome back to the Motorsport Bearhug Podcast. I'm your host Didi, and joining me once again today is my friend and your co-host Vedant. On this episode, we will be talking about the Monaco Grand Prix coming up next weekend. So, let's grab some chai, take our seats, ready our opinions, and dive right into the conversation. Hello, Vedant. It's been an exciting weekend of motorsport so far, and a lot more to come this coming week. Yes. Hello, Divya. It's great to be back and. Yeah, as you said, an exciting weekend for motorsports with the French GP in MotoGP and the IndyCar race at the Indiana Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which Roman Grosjean finished second after taking pole. So quite impressive, but absolutely. And we'll be talking about that in a different episode uh, later in the week. Uh, but yeah, let's let's talk about. The Gulf livery that just got released literally five minutes ago. Uh, the Gulf livery for McLaren at the Monaco Grand Prix. What are your first impressions about it? Yeah, I mean it's a it's a nice looking car, and it's it's a I I mean it's great to have a Gulf livery back in motorsports. Certainly, that livery has never been raised in Formula One. That iconic Gulf livery. So that is going to be. a sweet sight especially at a track like monaco because i love the overalls and i know you do too but the the livery is not yeah it's it's it still lacks something for me uh i guess so but yeah definitely i love the overalls way more than the livery itself but uh it's kind of exciting to have a one off livery i i know like a couple of weeks ago we were attending a webinar uh, on marketing and motorsport and we were talking about how you know nascar and indycar have one off liveries way more often than Formula One, and then literally like the next race, we have a one-off livery from McLaren in Formula yeah. One. So, <laughs> just just kind of weird there. And also, we are looking at a 2021 calendar reshuffle uh, coming up after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. So instead of having uh, the race in Turkey, the fr- race in France has been pre-poned to the 18th uh, June weekend. and we'll have a double header in austria just like last year and when i when i hear a double header in austria all that goes off in my head is scenario 7 scenario 7 and that's all <laughs> that's all that comes to mind uh so yeah yeah and landon norris is on a great form right now so that scenario 7 moments might come back for us you know uh absolutely absolutely anyway so let's get down to the monaco preview um Now we we've have we've heard reports of you know uh, Ferrari stopping development most of it at least after the Spanish Grand Prix and apparently McLaren are still pushing for a lot of new parts that will come over. Uh, we also saw Mercedes just unlocking some insane pace over the Iberian GP weekend. Even in uh, they're not, they're not behind even in qualifying anymore compared to the Red Bull. Um, and you know going into the Iberian Grand Prix double header, we thought that you know coming out of it we'll have a better. I guess a better sense of the pecking order, uh, but it's only made things worse. You know, Alpine locked some pace over the past two weekends. Uh, AlphaTauri kind of just fell off, and Ferrari had some good race pace uh, over the Spanish Grand Prix. While McLaren didn't have a dreadful weekend, but you know, not as well compared to the first three rounds. So I just don't know where the midfield stands, and nor can I say anything about what what is there to be for the front runners in Mercedes and Red Bull. What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I mean. I have like in my head I have made blocks of two teams each so there are five blocks but of course it, there will be a shuffle so we know the top two Mercedes and Red Bull then we know Ferrari and McLaren are the next two 
as of now then after alpine unlocking that pace i believe alpine and you know alfa tori are right there behind ferrari and mclaren then of course we have aston martin and alfa romeo leading that uh, group that is behind with williams and haas so so far like i have divided them into groups of two but of course the midfield is too competitive and everyone wants those extra points even two points make a difference in in this group so it will be great to see over the over the season how this groups changes uh absolutely um and i don't think aston martin has an excuse anymore like when the season began both aston martin and mercedes were of the opinion that you know these regulations have been brought into action to you know push back um the mercedes concept per se and because aston martin copied the mercedes concept a couple years ago they were also you know um greatly affected by the rule change uh, that, that was brought in for 2021 but mercedes has been able to unlock that pace they have been able to hold on to i guess the p1 position um at the front of the grid but aston martin has not been able to claw back that pace uh and w- what can we expect from them in in the coming days because i feel you know even though it's just been four races into the season there is a huge um you know technical overhaul for next year and they have to start working on that at like you know at full pace if they haven't already uh and it also begs the question you know since um someone like Aston Martin had copied the Mercedes concept a couple years ago they don't have a concept to copy anymore for 2022 so what uh, development direction are they going to take are they going to go with the Mercedes philosophy that Mercedes has followed for so long or are they going to switch to something that they did previously or are they going to go more towards like a red bull philosophy that we've seen a lot more teams switch over uh, switch to over over the last few years in the ty- turbo hybrid era yeah your second point is very interesting because e- every team will have a clean slate for 2022 and every team can do whatever they want and you know develop their car uh, according to their own needs and preferences come going into 2022 so that will be very interesting to see how each team not only uh, aston martin but every other team take that uh, you know uh, go go into 2022 but as you said alf uh, aston martin do not have any more excuses left they tried you know they tried going to court that also was a strange strange comments by otmar uh, but i mean we saw in the drive to survive series lorenz stroll can be a hard op- hard operator and i'm i'm just imagining you know what otmar might be going through uh, answering back to lorenz that oh see we we don't have pace right now or whatever but they are certainly in a very 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 bad bad spot right now g- uh, given what what their performance was last season uh absolutely and i i don't think going to monaco is going to make it any easier especially since qualifying holds um you know uh it, it is basically the qualifying grid that will determine who finishes where yeah. pretty much but um now let's talk about perez now in the last podcast i was quick to come to perez the rescue and i was like you know just look at everyone who switched teams uh including perez and everybody is struggling so by that measure perez isn't doing too bad i'd say he's somewhere in there you know uh just doing as much as carlos and um uh, maybe not as much as Carlos but as much as you know Daniel Ricardo was doing in the McLaren yeah. but obviously Perez was brought into brought into the Red Bull team for a different reason he was brought into the team because Red Bull you know Helmut Marko and Christian Horner thought that someone who's 
who has the experience that Sergio Perez has will allow him to adapt to the Red Bull much more quickly and thus not only help Max challenge for the driver's title but also help Red Bull challenge for the constructor's title and that has not happened so far. Um, and Perez did say, you know, that he's trying his best and, you know, obviously there were like his, he had some uh, physical injuries or he was struggling with his physical health in the last Grand Prix. But uh, what does this mean for Red Bull um, for the rest of the season and even going into 2022, especially since, you know, another precursor to the Indie Road Course uh, podcast that we'll be doing, Rina Suike. Dutch, fast, young, feasible. Is he? <laughs> is he? Is he a Red Bull twenty twenty two seat contender? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't think that. So so, what are your thoughts on Paris? Um, I think you know, if you look back, uh, and I know there was some analysis on going around Twitter too that Perez is uh, one of the slowest of between Gasly, Albon, and uh, himself. But I th- I I think we're just being obviously we should be critical of him and wh- uh, considering why he was brought into Red Bull. But again, I think we need to give him a little more time considering what all other drivers are struggling with, um, you know, because of switching teams. Yeah, it's it's a strange catch-22 kind of situation, you know. He's he's he, he wants to give his all and Red Bull do want to extract everything and fight for the championships. But we know from earlier, from the last two seasons, even Pierre Gasly and Alex Albon, like Albon had a very impressive first half season in 2019. And then he struggled in 2020, right? So that that second seat in Red Bull, I don't know. Like, we don't know the reasons for it. And we don't know what's going behind the scenes. But that second seat is certainly one of the strangest things in Formula 1 right now. And if uh, someone like Sergio Perez is not coping up with it that well, that everyone had expected... It's, it's going to be a tricky season for Red Bull going ahead because they're already on the back foot right now. Uh, absolutely. And and Red Bull's troubles don't end there. Uh, you know, we also have the Red Bull wing controversy. Lewis Hamilton pointed out after the race that Red Bull's wings were flexing a little bit too much during the race, which apparently gave them a tenth um, around the lap. Um, but, you know, from, from the discussions we've seen online so far over the last week, week and a half, it seems that uh, most teams are using some sort of, you know, uh, flexing mechanism on the wings you know there's some sort of flex on the wings on every team's car and Red Bull is not the only one um, who's who's guilty of it uh, they might be guilty of pushing the regulations too far though which happens in any case and uh, you know the flexing bodywork is something that FIA has always tried to clamp down on but it hasn't actively made an effort in the last couple of years uh, ever, or at least ever since the Red Bull wing controversy that happened last uh, I think in 2011 or 2012 something like that um so, what are your thoughts? Um, I'm of the opinion that, you know, changing regulations mid-season is not my, you know, it's, it's, it's not my favorite thing. But we've seen, them ha- seen it happen in the past with, um, you know, Ferrari. They were something, we, we don't know the details of what, what went down with the Ferrari engine. But we did see Ferrari lose engine power at the uh, Circuit of the Americas uh, later in the season once FIA and Ferrari came to a deal. So, yeah. what are your thoughts on changing uh, regulations mid-season? I mean, see, changing regulations mid-season when those regulations are going to carry forward in the subsequent seasons is still a viable option because it will provide them with that direction for the future seasons. But now that the 2022 regulations are bringing in something completely new, I don't think there's any need or 
I mean, in a way, it won't affect them too much in in the future as well. It's just these fifteen odd races now. Yeah, and I, I just think it's a bit unnecessary, especially since you know we have a good title fight in the front already, and I wouldn't want Red Bull falling behind uh, <laughs> anymore uh, for any other reason, right? And um, I mean, we, I guess, I guess we did see Mercedes bring in a new system last year, which was allowed for the entire season. So I don't know why they would change the regulations once again if the wings are passing the test um, that FIA mandated that they needed to pass. Just you know, yeah, that... change it next season, change the tests next season, and update your regulations then. Um, I don't know. I I guess it's not the biggest deal, but uh, from what we have heard, uh, teams do have time. Like they have a month to change their wings, and they'll have a twenty percent leeway in in whatever conditions they're supposed to meet with their wings uh, at the Monaco Grand Prix when when the wings will be tested once again. Um, I mean, see, the performance in Formula One comes from pushing the rules to the to the limits, right? Absolutely. And and finding finding that grey area. Now we we see it happen every season, and we see it happen from with uh, every every single team. But it is something the, I I mean the grey the grey area and that development war is something we love about Formula One, and if they clamp down on on it too much, it's like clamping down on the freedom of speech or, or something like that you know? oh my god <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't mean, know not, about that but yeah, but, yeah but, sure I guess but yeah what I'm what I'm trying to say is that they're trying to you know curb the curb the imagination and curb the uh, progress that these teams can make so let's not do it this season <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah I don't feel really great about doing it this season but uh, there's no stopping them now because uh, they have been put in place, um, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited about this Monaco Grand Prix though. Uh, you know, uh, strategy was a huge strategy played a huge role in the Spanish Grand Prix, and we know Monaco Grand Prix can be really interesting once those strategies kick in. So I'm really excited about what is to come and what the teams will be doing uh, over the course of this weekend. Um, and I think I think Ferrari has a good chance of finishing on the podium this weekend if Charles Charles Leclerc puts it. On the second row, not even the first row. If he puts on the second row in qualifying, I think Ferrari have a outside chance for podium. What are your thoughts? What are you expecting from this weekend? Well, firstly, as you said, Charles Leclerc can be on the podium because we know we now know Ferrari are leading the midfield along with McLaren. So, and and Charles Leclerc is the fastest guy out of those four people in qualifying right now. So if he gets that, you know, P three or P four, as you said, and if the if if Ferrari get his strategy absolutely bang on, Oof, which I am highly, highly doubting, that that's the thing, you know, if they do get it right, he has a fighting chance for the podium definitely. But uh, all in all, all in all, as you said, strategy will be going to will go will be playing a huge part in Monaco. We know we see people enjoying only racing situations and you know overtakes and all these stuff we know people don't like spain and monaco exactly for this reason but if you are uh, a avid fan and if you like studying strategies and you know getting involved it will be a great weekend yeah absolutely um, and we didn't have a 2020 Mon- monaco grand prix so we don't really have a very recent um, you know comparison to make for the teams uh, last in 2019 uh, lewis hamilton won from pole on dying tires um if anyone remembers or cares 
But talking about Lewis Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton has been in the news over the last week and a half talking about um, signing a two-year contract. Uh, and I think that is huge news for not just Mercedes, but also for Formula One. And also, it opens up a whole... I think I think it just like pushes the conversation about silly season much like you know much further along than uh, we would have expected at this time of the year. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton getting that contract will mean, I mean that is going to create a lot of buzz around that second Mercedes seat, because we have a few contracts that will end after this season, and it 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 will be interesting to see what what Hamilton does, but. As you said, it it will be very good for Formula One going forward, because with with their V race as one initiative, and with Hamilton being the face of Formula One in these times, so yeah, absolutely. Um, and another interesting interview from Lewis Hamilton. Uh, so his interview with Martin Brundle, it's making the rounds over social media and uh, mainstream media too. Lewis Hamilton said he does not spend any time in the simulator virtually. Uh, he doesn't any. He doesn't do any track walks and he doesn't uh, do any visualization of the racetrack as preparation <laughs> for the race or qualifying. Now, how how surprising is that? But, uh, you know, it just goes to show at what a different level Lewis you know, performs on. Just imagine Lu- if, if Lewis were to do all of these things, you know, he'd be winning by, you know, an hour <laughs> on race day. Yeah, I mean, he has the experience, you know, like, obviously the track visualization and the track walks and these guys have the experience to they know every corner of every track very well and we know that daniel ricardo also does not do a lot of track walks and all the, all that stuff but still these three things put together make a very uh, mystic mystic aura around lewis hamilton <laughs> yeah i mean as, you know there's lewis hamilton and then and then there's drivers who, uh, who we look at for their you know look up for their work ethic you know we look up to for their work ethic like sebastian Vettel, you know all the engineers you know he he'll he'll ask you more questions he'll basically become an engineer in the team you know he'll ask you so many questions he wants to know everything about the car he keeps a notebook you know he does his due diligence and everything and then there's someone like lewis hamilton who's a seven-time world champion and uh, all of these things are not in his playbook because it doesn't work for him. But again, you know, uh, you know whatever works for them, I guess. Uh, I'm not a high-performance uh, athlete, so <laughs> I wouldn't be able to comment on yeah. it. But <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely an interesting take there uh, regarding preparation. Uh, all right. Now, coming on to... Karun Chandok's tweet over the weekend after, you know, the IndyCar race at the uh, Indianapolis road course. Uh, Karun Chandok said, you know, this is what I've been talking about. No blue flags and no tire warmers. What are your thoughts? Well, I agree to the no tire warmers situation. uh, The no tire warmers suggestion. Because it certainly makes the the grip available to them way less. And we have seen drivers struggle with grip a lot, like a lot last season, where in you know Nurburgring and all these places where the temperature was cold and they couldn't get heat into the tires. But I I think it will make for an, an interesting sessions because that grip is so crucial in Formula One with with these high speeds and high downforce. A little lack of grip will make you know driving very difficult. But the blue flag situation is 
something I'm not entirely sure about because we saw like Roman Grosjean potentially lost a win because of because there were no blue flags because he got caught up behind traffic. So that's something is like 50-50 in a, in a way. Especially especially at races like Monaco and Singapore and things like that, you can't, you can't not have blue flags. You can't have, uh, you know, front runners, uh, I feel, you know, battling it out with people in yeah. P20 just because, you know, it's so much harder to overtake. But Taiwamas, yeah, that's definitely interesting. You know, puts in, like, like Karun Chandok said, you know, puts in, throws in another skill set uh, during the race. You know, how, how fast can you warm up your tires? And we've seen uh, the difference between, you know, fresh tires and you know just tires that are straight out of the pits yeah and that that is also a huge difference uh, right after pit stop so that that'll give the team something to think about too uh but yeah um what else about the monaco grand prix i think again the the battle between uh, the battle between mclaren and ferrari will be the one to watch definitely because i mean two teams in the front are having their own thing but we know Red Bull is Red Bull has historically a better package in at uh, Monaco, but currently Mercedes is leading the championship and they look the strongest. But those these two teams, Ferrari and McLaren, are in in a battle of their own, and it is going to be one of the one of the biggest points of this season. We we like going into this season, we thought the midfield battle will be fought across six teams. But I think it's these two that are the most competitive right now. And with Andres Idle saying that Lando Norris can learn from Lewis Hamilton a lot and reach his huge potential. Uh, it, will, it will be a great, great race for, great day for Lando if he can get a good Monaco result. Uh, absolutely. And uh, I know this was offline, but I guess I'll make it official. But uh, I said that Lando Norris will be the next world champion and not Max Verstappen. And I also <laughs> said it'll be 2023. So according to that, it's still a long wait. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put myself on the line here. Uh, but again, will will the special livery curse, will, will the one-off livery, livery curse, um, you know, hit McLaren at the Monaco Grand Prix with the new <laughs> Gulf livery for, for the race? Uh, that's yeah. also something to watch out for. That and is, is Netflix something. also covering that uh, this weekend with McLaren in the garage. A lot of things to watch out for. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Uh, another interesting thing that we missed out on was Alonso's comment that he's giving his 100% and um, it's still not enough to match Ocon. Now, for you, I think that must be really difficult to hear, Vedan, <laughs> because I know you're a Fernando fan. And after four races, like I predicted, uh, Ocon is still leading uh, Fernando Alonso in the championship. Uh, what do you have to say about that? See, I am a Fernando fan, but I know the reality of the situation. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's he's 39. He's come back after two years away from Formula 1. So, of course, he won't he won't be able to match Esteban uh, in his form right now. But, I mean, he's he's performing quite well given, like, given his situation. So, I'm just happy for it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, um, that's all from my side. Uh, any last thoughts from you? Well, no. I mean, Monaco Grand Prix, if you want to enjoy it and if you want to follow the strategies. One last thing. One last thing. I, I got to ask you this question. One last thing. Um, you know, how many people are we going to see put into the wall this weekend? <laughs> I can give you two. I, I, I can name two right off the bat. One would be our dear friend Nikita. And second, I don't know. Yep. You tell me. Yuki, 
I mean, yeah, that that, that is that is a possibility. We we've seen Max Verstappen put it in the wall during practice yeah. many a times at Monaco too. I mean that that's uh, what I and we also saw Charles Leclerc putting into the wall during the race, trying you know trying to put in some crazy overtakes in 2019. So that's four. I mean, I was coming to Max because he wants to be giving his all for this race. You know, get get that uh, grid position again, get that win. So it will be a shame. It will be a great shame if he. Bins it somehow. I'm not trying to jinx it. Or, I know, but but we have seen it happen. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even even Sergio, you know, he's not the most comfortable with the car, and this is not a place where he wants to go off uh, anywhere yeah. uh, <laughs> around I, the track. I haven't. So that'll be I interesting. I haven't so. seen the weather forecast, but if it rains, it will be very tricky for these new drivers. Absolutely. So uh, I'm looking at the weather forecast right now. So it's it, it's a week away, but it shows. Some rain on Saturday, forty percent chance of precipitation. I don't, I, I can't see right now uh, at what time, but it says on Saturday there's a forty chance of precipitation. But Sunday looks clear uh, with almost no chance for rain. So yeah, you know, even qualifying can be a little bit interesting if that happens. Uh, good point there. Uh, but yeah, also watch out for the Motorsport Better Track Guide for the Monaco Grand Prix, featuring the winner of the first ever MS Better Pole Position Challenge. If you want to join the competition too and feature on our page, make sure to join the Discord. Link is in the description below. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today, Vilant, and um, I'll catch you on the next one, which will be literally in twenty minutes. <laughs>